Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He's our tight reporter at A to Z Sports.com, Sam Phelan. Uh, we are A to Z Sports Nashville. Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline. And also hit us up on Instagram and on TikTok for more great Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com to make them a part of your new car buying process uh, or see them in Lebanon. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That means better coverage rates and service at fbhp.com slash atoz the aura app keeping you safe online and get a two-week free trial with our link aura.com slash atoz and krebs kubota an elite kubota dealer with three locations across middle tennessee in franklin columbia and in murfreesboro online krebs kubota.com so uh good morning to everybody i see the chat is lively uh, and uh, MB says, yay, finally D-Hop isn't a topic today. No, DeAndre Hopkins is not a topic today. But Sam, uh, I have a feeling that DeAndre Hopkins could have an impact in the three ways the Titans can have a successful season in 2023. Don't you uh, agree? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. We were talking about it yesterday. There's a lot of off-season topics or just season outlook topics for the Titans this year that are kind of difficult to talk about right now. And the reason being is uh, a lot of them, I would look at you and say, well, ask me when D-Hop signs. Like, a- ask me when I know where DeAndre Hopkins is playing his football this fall. It's kind of hard to predict the Titans' season or kind of have an outlook on where you know we feel like things might fall in next month because we don't really know what the Titans are offensively yet. And we won't until we know if DeAndre Hopkins is a part of their offense. I do think though, with my three ways, the Titans can have a successful year in 2023. uh, They can still achieve these, or at least one of them. Actually, they can achieve all three of them. I think with or without DeAndre Hopkins, I think DeAndre Hopkins obviously makes things a little bit easy. Yeah, I don't know what they are, but you know, I would, yeah, I would you're ass- you're blind. <laughs> I assume that there are some. Uh, uh, there's a lot of ways for the Titans to be successful. I really think this is an interesting topic for this reason, right? There's a lot of different ways to quantify success as an NFL franchise, and specifically for a Titans team that is at a crossroads as a franchise, like we've mentioned before, uh, and kind of coming to the end of this era. So how do we quantify success coming to the end of this era, looking ahead to the future, I think is a really interesting topic. Now, DeAndre Hopkins makes it easier on everybody, which is why he has been the topic of so many shows before and why he will continue to be a person that we monitor and talk about moving forward. Um, The impact that he will have, you know this, I believe is very, very severe, even more severe than we probably talk about. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. So we'll go through uh, my three ways. I do um, I do want to address this. Jonathan is throwing some shade at us, I guess. Uh-oh. Uh, because he says, seems difficult for you to talk about Haskins. I still can't believe you haven't at least mentioned he got arrested. Well, Jonathan, we did mention it yesterday. Uh, and if you missed the show yesterday, then I mentioned that uh, last week, Zach and I recorded three mini episodes on the Friday before uh, Hassan Haskins got arrested. And I mentioned that off the top and Sam and I actually discussed a little bit this morning pre-show on, you know, when do we have a Hassan Haskins conversation? And because there's been no new information and there are allegations, I believe Haskins is doing court uh, this week for uh, the arrest of uh, aggravated assault and domestic violence there. So, so look, again, there's no new information. So there's really no point in us having a conversation about something at this point. And uh, we were off last week live. So we did address it there, Jonathan. So uh, yeah. there, you can uh, take that. Yeah, it happened. The, uh, the details are ugly details. And yeah. when new information comes out, we will discuss it more and, uh, you know, figure out what it means for the Titans and for Hassan and see, you know, where things shake up when more information comes out and there's new information to update us on after a court appearance or 
whatever. The, uh, the details are ugly and, uh, you know, there's no denying the fact that, you know, this happened uh, and it's going to affect the Titans in a big way, I think at least uh, this season. So, you yeah. know, that's all we can really say about it right now. Absolutely. So, Sam, we get to it. The three ways the Titans can have success in 2023. I had our guy Jake whip up some graphics for me. Uh, so, Sam, you have no idea what to expect with these three ways. But we will start it off here, Sam, with my first way is for the Titans to win the AFC South. That is the first way this franchise can have success in 2023, I think it is absolutely up for grabs. Yes, the Jags won the AFC South a year ago by beating the Titans in the last week of the regular season to get the AFC South crown uh, for the first time since they won the AFC South back in the 2017 season, I believe that was. And the Jags actually went to the AFC title game then. Uh, but they won the AFC South. Uh, they started off slow. They got hot towards the end. Doug Peterson making the playoffs for the Jags in his first year as their head coach. Trevor Lawrence looked much better in year two than he did in year one under Urban Meyer, which feels like forever ago that Urban Meyer was the Jags head coach. Uh, but then the Jags are building a, a solid core around Trevor Lawrence, but he's still not anywhere near the Joe Burrow level. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not any of the fringe elite quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence had a better year too, but not exactly beat the doors down. Uh, so winning the AFC South, I think, Sam, is the first way the Titans can have success because it's doable and it's getting back to the playoffs. It is automatically guaranteeing you a home playoff game. And so I'm not talking about winning a playoff game or not. I'm just saying win the AFC South, and if the Titans do that, that is considered, in my mind, a successful year because they didn't make the playoffs a year ago. They lost seven in a row, as we know. Uh, but getting back to the playoffs absolutely should be considered a success uh, this upcoming season. So what do you think is the likelihood that the Titans can win the AFC South this season? Yeah, I, I certainly think it's attainable. Um, and perhaps this is the optimist in me getting closer to the season and getting excited about the season and you know just having football back in my life again. But mm -hmm. I do feel like the AFC South is up for grabs. Like it's kind of odd how the narrative around the Jaguars has, I, I don't want it snowballed a little bit in my opinion. Like they went from a major disappointment at the beginning of last season to, Oh, maybe the, maybe they're fun. They're playing some better football of late to, you know, the Titans really choking the division away by losing their last seven games. Yeah. They play in Jacksonville for the division title and the Titans come out and basically had the, a chance to win that game before the strip sack on Josh Dobbs that really, you know, turned that thing around in the fourth quarter. The Jags go on to win the game, win the division. And then after throwing four interceptions, I believe, in the first half of that playoff game against the Chargers. Yeah. They they stage a miraculous comeback in that one as well. Win, go to the divisional round and play competitive football with Kansas City. And, you know, it's kind of crazy how quickly we forgot that this is a team that was just a few minutes away from losing the AFC South to the Tennessee Titans. And Josh Dobbs, who was playing quarterback in that game, had they not come up with that late strip yeah. sack. So I think this is a lot closer than people probably want to believe or want to remember. But the Titans, who have been banged up last season and the year before, who have not seemingly been able to catch a break on the injury front, are coming into this season where I think if they're healthy, they're at least a toss-up to win the South. For sure, because all the things that went wrong for the Titans is how the Jags were able to win. And Nate's burner says one nine and eight season, and everyone turns into a Jag simp. Y'all can kiss my Titan ass cheeks. Uh, there from Nate's burner uh, on Whoa. Facebook. And, uh, Roy says the Titans lost the division when the lawn went down, which was back in week two. Uh, Titans Kyle says the Jags won by the Titans losing. Not that they were top tier, they were mid. Just honestly, the Titans handed that to them. And Amnesia says. Let's face it, the Jags' momentum was solely based on luck. Like, I don't think it's based on luck. They I, played I, some I, really good football down the stretch. They did. Like, they that offense was – I mean, Trevor Lawrence 
was on a different level for the last eight weeks of the season. And he really elevated his game to having people view him as one of the top quarterbacks in the AFC. Like he quickly got into a conversation of the four or five best QBs in the AFC with the way he played down the stretch last season. Like, do I think there's going to be some regression there? It's certainly possible. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was luck that got, Jacksonville to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they they won some games against you know look, look here was how the the Jags got there is uh they played against the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson they won that game they lost to Detroit by a ton they beat the Titans uh when the Titans had a bunch of turnovers um there in Nashville if we all remember that one they beat the Cowboys in overtime Do you remember that nuts game that was the 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 Dak Prescott turnover in overtime that yeah. was the walk-off touchdown for the Jags, uh, their defensive walk-off touchdown. Then they played the New York Jets on Thursday night, who I can't even remember the name of the quarterback for the Jets. It was the ugliest game. The Jets get up 3 nothing. Mike White? No, it wasn't even Mike White. Like, uh, Let me see if I can find it. Because not Zach it was, Wilson, not Mike White? No, it wasn't Zach Wilson or Mike White. Uh, this I'm should going be a trivia question later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Zach Wilson actually did play in that was game. It like Chris Streveler or somebody like that. that? Bingo, you got it. Chris Streveler. Really? Yeah, Chris Streveler oh, was now he and Zach Wilson both uh, split snaps, but I believe uh, Streveler is who started that game or came in early. I can't remember, but the the Jags beat the terrible Jets. Then they beat the god awful Houston Texans, and then they really snuck by the Titans. So like legitimate wins that the Jags had in their last seven weeks, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, that's it. They beat the Titans, but with Josh Dobbs. Well, the Dobbs play the game in Nashville. Okay. No, that was a Tannehill game. Yeah. That was a Tannehill game. So they beat them in in Nashville with, uh, I believe. Yeah. I believe it was. I will give you the first win over the Titans was a legitimate win than the Cowboys, and that's really it. So, look, and and Jeff is right. They won their games plain and simple, and the Titans didn't. I absolutely uh, yeah. agree with that. I don't want this to turn into, like, a negative Jags thing, but, I, no. I mean, I do think it is what I said, though. Like, how close the AFC South was, I think with the way the Jags played in the playoffs, beating the Chargers, competing to the last second with Kansas City – and the way the Titans unraveled, momentum is going opposite directions. And so I think it's easy for NFL fans, NFL media, national media as a whole to kind of view the AFC South as the Jaguars and everybody else with the Titans going the wrong direction. But I don't necessarily view it that way. I I think it's still going to be very competitive and Frankly, I don't feel like Jacksonville got a whole lot better this offseason. Yeah. Like, I mean, Calvin Ridley could be a major addition for them if he ends up, you know, being the Calvin Ridley of old when he returns. Uh, but I don't really feel like they did a ton to improve their team. Now, did the Titans? We'll see. We'll see how some of these additions work out. But they certainly did a little bit more to try and give themselves a face. Yeah. Just to recap the the really good wins that the Jags had last season were over the the Chargers twice once early and then once in the playoffs they did beat Lamar Jackson the Ravens I'm mistaken there earlier they beat the Titans in Nashville and the Cowboys in Jacksonville that's kind of it um so but they did make the playoffs and they won a playoff game so you got to give them credit for that so Sam once again uh my first way for the Titans to have a successful season this year is to win the AFC South. So let's get the chat more involved. They've already been really involved already uh, this show. But the first question out of the gates, would you consider chat, everybody, would you consider the Titans winning the AFC South as a successful season? Would you flat out? Not incorporating any playoff success, right? Just exactly. Just winning the division. Would you, would you consider winning the division a successful year. I'll tell you what is a success, and that was Zach's change to Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans, they can help, help, excuse me, help you out with any of your health coverage needs. Uh, and Zach, an entrepreneur, self-employed, was in a spot where he didn't have health coverage uh, outside of what the government would could, could provide. 
Well, he flipped over to Farm Bureau Health Plans over a year and a half ago. He saved 20% every month on his health coverage and actually got better coverage for 20% less. I mean, that's really, that's, that's having your cake and eating it too uh, with Farm Bureau Health Plans. And it's so easy to sign up with Farm Bureau Health Plans and go check out how they can help you out. They have a quick health assessment and you can start that path at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ. They've been serving Tennesseans across the entire state for over 75 years and can do the same for you. Uh, they pr- they promote and, and support the Titans, the Vols, high school and youth sports, everybody uh, across the state. So check them out. Farm Bureau Health Plans, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Check them out right there. I think you're muted. There we go. Oh, you got me? Yeah, now uh, now you're back. You muted yourself. Oh, wow. Well, Played yourself. In, in case you didn't hear me, today's show is powered by BetMGM. It's the king of sports books. It's all-star weekend for Major League Baseball, which we mentioned yesterday. Uh, I was getting a little action on the home run derby yesterday. I'm going to be getting some action on the all-star game itself. So if you're doing it, make sure you're signing up with BetMGM and using the bonus code ATOZ Sports. You can get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. That's up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win after you sign up with that bonus code ATOZ Sports on BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. All right, Sam, here live on this Tuesday going through my three ways the Titans can have success in 2023, the first of three uh, that we've gone through is win the AFC South. And we've talked through uh, that we do think it's likely. Uh, it's a good situation the Titans are in because of what the Jags were last year and what the Jags are now, even with the Titans not having the biggest offseason of acquisition, uh, some sub, uh, addition by subtraction with some highly paid players who were not playing in games for the Titans. And obviously another attempt at being healthier for the first time since the COVID season. The Titans could be the healthiest they've been for the first time since the global pandemic. Yikes. Hopefully. I mean, it feels so unpredictable to like injuries are weird, but right. So the question, and I'll send you to the chat here, Sam, would you consider the Titans winning the AFC South as a successful season? Would you consider it a successful season to win the AFC South? I'll send you to Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitch chat, Twitch chat. Jeff says yes. Ethan is yes. Jabu is yes. Clayton is yes. Yes. Eddie says no. Uh, he's our first no coming in. Billy's also no. Dylan Cole and Orlando are yes. Deborah and Scott are yes. So is Darius. We've got a yes from Amnesia. Yes from Brad. Valentino says no. Danny says with this roster, yes, he would. Uh, Jared says no. I expect the Titans to win the division. Success is one or two playoff wins, not just a division title. Jonathan says no, they need a playoff win for a successful season in his eyes. John says no, it's a ring or bust. Uh, Jason says yes, successful because no offensive line until further notice. Ronnie says considering what they were last year, yes, he would. Yes, because it's a lot better than losing the division, says Caleb Meadows. That is an objective truth, that uh, winning the division is better than losing the division. Jody says, no, Super Bowl or rebuild, this middling will leave us in the middle forever. Uh, Matt Mann says, yes. Malachi says, yeah, puts Levis and Willis in a winning environment to take over and continue winning. Tyler says, no, the biggest problem is having healthy players. Uh, Let's see, we got, yeah, so kind of a split here. All right, Den says, no. Marcus Walker says, no. Matt says, yes. Tighten Up says, yes. Cameron Strong says, definitely Zach and Derek are both in the yes campaign. Um, Obviously, I'm a yes, right? Yeah, you're this a is, yes. This, this is totally my opinion. This is my, uh, you know, my column uh, in your Sunday paper. The three ways the Titans can have a successful season in 2023 were yes, I believe winning the AFC South should be considered a success, regardless of what would happen at Nissan Stadium in the Wild Card Weekend of the playoffs. You know, or yeah, God forbid they get the the one by. Uh, by winning the AFC South, you know, I'm not expecting that. I'm just saying, win the division. It doesn't matter if they're eight, nine, seven, and ten, twelve and five, eleven and six, ten and seven, nine and eight. I don't care. Win the division is a success in my mind. Sam, what do you think? 
Yeah, normally I would disagree. Normally I would say that, you know, just winning a division is pointless if you don't feel like you can be competitive in the playoffs. The NFL is not like some other major sports, like Major League Baseball, National Hockey League. You get into the tournament, you've got a shot. Like It's such such unpredictable sports that I would say anytime you get in in those sports, it's a win because you have you know, just a hot streak away from winning a title. The NFL isn't really like that. Like, as we've seen over the last few years in today's league, the best teams win, the best teams advance. Um, teams like Seattle can have a great season and a great run and get in, but they don't stand a realistic shot in the playoffs when it comes down to it. But I think even if you told me the Titans were going to win the division and lose in the first playoff game at Nissan Stadium, I would still view the season as a successful season. Um, and it mainly comes down to Ran and comes down to Vrabel. I think the Titans are building something for the future that is bigger than just this year. And in order for that to work or have confidence in that working, I think, you know, they need to win. So if Rand comes in here and with the additions he made in free agency and the draft picks that he made, and then the coaching hires that Mike Vrabel made, if the Titans are able to get the most out of this roster and still win a division title, that tells me that the AFC South is going to run through Nashville for a very long time and that the Titans aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So that would be a win in my eyes. I, I'm not sure the Titans are equipped to make a legitimate Super Bowl run, but if you're able to make the playoffs in years that you don't feel like you're equipped to make a legitimate run, that's the sign of a very sustainable and successful franchise that's going to continue to put winning efforts forward. Yeah. Uh, so Matt says, just get in. Um, you know, Bork says, Austin, please explain, uh, the morning paper is for anyone under 25. Sam, did you read the paper when you were a kid? I don't know if I read it. I had one, like I would grab it and look at the sports section and I mean, it didn't really tell me anything new. I, <laughs> yeah, I, guess I, had that's sport, true. I had sports center. So like I would, but yeah. I would see, I would see here's it. the problem, Sam, you don't even know what, like sports center replays are you've only known live sports center all all day long what do you mean sports sports center replays exactly that's what i mean you don't even know that they used to have one hour of sports center that they had out at like 9 a.m and it looped until like nfl live at three <laughs> i feel like i remember that some oh god what a what a day i mean you could i, I just I definitely I could... had that when i was a kid we've got de- <laughs> Right. Yeah, anyway, oh, so yeah. this yeah, the same hour of sports center would loop every time, and then you'd be like, All right, top 10 plays is coming up at the end of the hour, and that was a big deal. Uh, if you caught the top 10 plays at the end, so Sam, um, I think for me, yes, it's I, I agree with you. Obviously, I, I do think winning and starting a winning culture with Rand Carthon and Mike Rabel together is a big deal. I also think. Uh, that, you know, like you mentioned, the Seattle Seahawks, they didn't win the NFC West last year. They made the wild last wild card spot at nine and eight. Yeah, but it was a, it was a, it was a surprise and nobody expected the Seahawks with Geno Smith to do that. And it set themselves up for a, a, a way to really build something moving forward. And I, I kind of go back to 2016, the last time the Titans changed GMs and and John Robinson didn't make the playoffs in 2016. That was when Marcus Mariota broke his leg in the second to last game. They were nine and seven. That was a, I think that was a successful year, but it showed enough that this team is, is legitimate and can be a winner uh, built by the GM. And I think I agree with you there. I also just feel like, and I want to go back up to a comment that I saw from somebody about, uh, let's see about oh, Dadson says, because I find it odd how with 32 teams, you can lower your standard expectation that eight of those teams aren't contending, isn't, isn't doing something special and rare uh, and unique. Um, they've already made the million-man cut. So I get what you're saying, but I think we all understand that in the NFL, there are not eight contenders in any given year. Yeah. And just because you win your division does not mean you are a Super Bowl contender I think we all 
understand that that's not how it plays out. I would like, hope are... so. I would really hope so. Like I, I saw the just get, just get in comment. Like I don't, I just don't believe in that in the NFL. When was the last time a team that was like a major underdog and just snuck in made a run to the Super Bowl? Like it, I think of the New York Giants, but like that was almost a decade ago now. Like, over it doesn't, a I think over. Like it doesn't happen in today's league. You know, you have the best three or four teams and some combination of them go to the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, like the standard is still to be a Super Bowl team, to be great, not good. But you also have to be a realist and understand where the Titans are as a roster and the mess that Rand was handed by John Robinson, you know, this offseason. So, it, I mean, if in one year you're able to turn the mess that the Titans had with all the cap difficulties they had into a team that wins a division that now is going to have, what is it, $80 million in cap space next yeah. summer, you are now setting yourselves up for long-term success to make that jump to great. But I don't really believe a, it's fair to expect a jump from mediocre to greatness. Uh, ironically, do you know the last wild card team to win a Super Bowl? Last wild card team to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh boy. It's no. a lot more recent than you would think. We just don't think about that because people are saying the Bengals didn't the Bengals make the Super Bowl as a wild card? No, the Bengals won the AFC North yeah, in Joe they... Burrow's second year. They were the four seed and made the Super Bowl because they beat the Titans as the one seed. Uh, Nick Foles with the Eagles. If you remember the. The Eagles were a one seed that they year. They were awesome that year. Carson Wentz got hurt in December. The last wild card team to win a Super Bowl. It's, I'll just tell you, it's Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because that oh. was when Drew Brees and the Saints won the NFC South. And, yeah. Right? I mean, that's 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 interesting. Yeah. But, but I think we understand that. Because yeah. it's. You know, if it's got two 12 and four teams, 12 and five teams in the same division, I think they can both be viewed as contenders. I just, yeah. Before that, the Green Bay Packers in 2010 were a six seed. They were the last team to get in the NFC playoffs. Oh, yeah. They won the Super Bowl. I the remember. 07 Giants, they were the, a five seed, and that was the year they beat the Patriots, undefeated Patriots, uh, in the Super Bowl. And then, it actually happened that you know a few times in that first decade. The Ravens did it in 2000. I'm sorry, uh, we all remember that because they whooped up on the Titans. Uh, in in that, well, the Gi My question would be: Were the Giants the last team, or was maybe it was that Green Bay team? Who was the last team to go to a Super Bowl with less than ten wins? Oh. Uh like I'm just trying to, th I'm like, cause this is off of like the point, right? They were but ten I'm and six. Um, who was the Giants in in two thousand seven? Well, they did go no, to one no, at nine and seven. I'm sorry. Uh, that was the wrong year. They were, yeah, they were ten and six, and and um, they went to one at nine and seven one year, which was so. I remember that, but I'm just trying to think if there's been a team that's gone at nine and seven since then. I'll, I'll Google it. You tell us all about the Bone and Joint Institute, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you all about the Bone and Joint Institute. I'll buy you a little time here. Bone and Joint Institute, I can talk about them forever. They're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Uh, whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who you can trust, and you can trust them at boneandjointtn.org. They have a state-of-the-art rehab facility to assist in your recovery, and everything is all under one roof at the Bone & Joint Institute. They're located out in Franklin. You don't have to worry about driving all, all over Middle Tennessee to go to a bunch of different appointments. There's nothing worse than having to go to rehab at one spot, get an x-ray at another spot, and keep going from point A to point B. No, a clinic, rehab, surgery, imaging, testing, it's all under the same roof out in Franklin. So go and visit our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. They're who you can trust, boneandjointtn.org. Also with BetMGM, you can always win big with our first bet offer by using bonus code ATOZ Sports. That's bonus code ATOZ Sports uh, to get up to $1,000 back on your uh, first bet. If you miss out 
in bonus bets right there. So that's with Bet MGM bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with the Bet MGM app. So uh, the New York Giants were the last franchise to win the Super Bowl with under 10 wins in that regular season. That's when they won in 2011. They were a nine and seven regular season team. They did win the NFC East. So that's kind of what we're talking about. So when we're going through, you know, the ways the Titans can have a successful 2023, uh, and that's winning the AFC South, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is my number one. They can, you know, the Giants, 2011, the last team to win their division with less than 10 wins and make the Super Bowl and win it. So that's the last time that's happened. Yeah, I mean, not surprising, right? That, that, it, that it was over a decade ago. And that's probably what you're talking about here. Like I, I, if the Titans go 12 and five and win the AFC South, it's a different conversation because then they might be viewed as contenders in the mm -hmm. AFC playoffs. And that, you know, that's a different hypothetical. I'm kind of viewing more of a scenario where they just do enough uh, to get in, but aren't really viewed as a legitimate threat. I still think that can be successful though, uh, but I think it's important to keep that in mind when we talk about expectations um, and, you know, the standard for what the team should be striving for. Yeah, no doubt. All right. On to my second way the Titans can have a successful season in 2023. So it's either winning the AFC South and saying this might make things interesting. Get a top five draft pick. Mm. I think that would be a success for the Tennessee Titans is if you don't win the AFC South, I would still consider it a success. If the Titans get a top five draft pick in the 2024 draft. Now that's kind of a can of worms. I just opened on you right there. So I, I know you had, look, you've been blind this entire show. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a top five draft pick season being considered a success? Uh, no, Ooh. My, I mean, my reaction to it is one, if you're talking about getting a top five draft pick, my follow-up would be, why are you bad enough to get a top five draft pick? And what does that mean for your long-term goal or plan? Mm -hmm. Like, does that mean Ryan Tannehill was just awful? I don't think so. So maybe it means Ryan Tannehill got hurt and Will Levis was awful or Malik Willis continued to be awful. Maybe it means that, you know, Jeffrey Simmons had a bad injury. Maybe, you know, Traylon Burks didn't have the breakout that we thought he did. If the Titans are a top five draft pick, I think there's going to be a cause for it. That's a lot deeper than something like, I think, that puts them in a bad, really bad spot moving forward. And I make this top two, and I probably agree. Top, top two. five, I think, would be the worst case scenario. You pick fifth overall. You're not in a spot to get a quarterback. You're bad. You're not getting, you know, one of the elite players that, like, at the very, very top of the draft, you kind of have to settle for the second tier of prospects. That would be the worst scenario for for the Titans, in my opinion, would be coming in right around that four to six pick in the NFL range. I think you either need to completely tank, which I don't think is realistic, or win. Um, so that's my initial thoughts on that. I don't, I'm not sure. I have a hard time seeing how there's success in that. So I'm just, I'm on NFLDraftBuzz.com. Let's just say, you know, chalk happens this college football season which never does uh but let's say the top five prospects remain the same and the tennessee titans are a top five picking team after the year here are nfl draft buzzes.com top five draft prospects in order one caleb williams quarterback southern cal i think you'd be cool if the titans got caleb williams in next year's draft regardless you, yeah you, yeah right Two, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. I think everybody would celebrate that draft pick. Three, Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. I think he's going to be a lot better than the previous quarterback to go high in the draft out of North Carolina and your buddy Mitch Trubisky there, Sam. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> but I think uh, Drake May would be an interesting uh, draft pick if the Titans had a top five 
draft pick. You Number were talking four, about Sam Howell. That's who you were talking about. He didn't go in the first round. Yeah, but but I'm going to pretend like that's who okay. you're talking about. We're not throwing strays at Mitch on a Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. Come on. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we absolutely are. Uh, number four, cornerback out of Alabama, Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think that would be a slam dunk need if the Titans get a top five draft pick. It's because they're probably moving on from Christian Fulton. Caleb Farley didn't play out or pan out. And so a corner is a massive need in the top five. I think maybe you trade back. Who knows? I'm not talking draft on July 11th too much. But I think Kool-Aid is a legitimate dude in the draft. And number five on NFLDraftBuzz.com is tight end out of Georgia, Brock Bowers, who is a stud. And I think would be a great piece moving forward. So I'm saying you get one of those five guys. It's not terrible. I mean, I I mean, those are great prospects and like, I think would be like Titans would absolutely welcome the addition. But then it comes back to my first point, which is if you're down in the top five, what is the reason for you being that bad? And do any of those players, I think Drake may or Caleb Williams might, but change the trajectory of your franchise significantly enough where the trade-off of being that bad is worth it. Like, because of all those reasons I said, right? What if it means that Traylon Burks doesn't break out or gets hurt or Jeffrey Simmons is injured or, you know, Ryan Tannehill's hurt and the, the backup quarterback who you thought was the answer is bad. Like if you throw Will Levis out there next year and Malik Willis out there and they're bad because Tannehill's hurt and then you're not in a position to draft Caleb Williams, what do you do then? Like, you don't have a quarterback moving forward. So, but I think lot- if you're top five, because I, I get what you're saying. And I think a lot of things have to go wrong for the Titans to be a top five draft picking team. But I, I think where I'm at is if they do get a top five pick, there is an opportunity to get it right. That's, and I think there's a lot of things that can yeah. go bad for the Titans this year. And they're sitting there at like 11th where they were this past year, where you take Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. That's, that's a different story with, with what's going on in Northwestern. Uh, but I, I think that's where you're kind of in that no man's land of drafting the first round, and you don't have the opportunity to truly draft a franchise-changing player in the middle of the round, but you do in the top five. That's, that's where I think top five draft pick, I'm okay with that. I consider that success because a ton of things did go wrong, but now you have the the draft slot to fix it. I just, I view it as, I view a trade-off, like I view weighing both options of, I would rather the Titans be middling in their record this season because they were incomplete, but had a lot of pieces go, go right than be really bad and have a, you know, as you said, a long list of things go wrong to put them in a spot that they're a top five draft pick in the name of a draft pick. Because I think the process that would get you there probably is bad news for the rest of the roster. So you would rather the Titans be the Pittsburgh Steelers of last year yes. than the Indianapolis Colts of last year. Yes. I think where they're at as a franchise right now, like I'd rather – Peter Skaronsky be good, Traylon Burks be good, Jeffrey Simmons stay healthy, Harold Landry stay healthy and show he's got something something in the tank. Uh, maybe Will Levis step in and show signs of being the guy, the next guy, and have some positive flashes on you know, in a mediocre team. Then have a lot go wrong and have them be a top five in a top five spot because like I said they have money coming off the books next year they have a general manager who I like to think has the answers for how to build a winner and if they're even just okay this season I think there's a lot of hope for Titans fans moving forward with what they could do next offseason if this thing goes you know in in the toilet this year and you end up top five in the draft order they're not turning it around for 2024 they might not turn it around for 2025 like rebuilding from that level of bad takes a lot of time yeah and you're talking about a top five draft pick you're having 
no more than five wins, right? It's probably going to be less four, three, four and 13. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. So Sam, you mentioned that you think this would be uh, a top five draft pick would be a worst case scenario type situation for you. Yeah, probably as if it's not top two. Yeah. I think my third way, the Titans can have success. uh, If they don't figure this out, I think that could be a worst case scenario. I'll get to that. My third way the Titans can have success uh, this season, just to recap uh, the first two. Again, these are all different, right? It's like win the AFC South, that's a success. Top five draft pick, I think think is a success uh, for the Titans because they have an opportunity to fix it. So now for my last way the Titans can have a successful year, in 2023. I'll get to that. But first, let me tell you guys about Aura and the Aura app and how it can help you stay safe online. Uh, all you got to do is sign up with Aura with our link, aura.com slash ATOZ, and you get a two-week free trial to help you stay safe online, whether that's uh, checking your passwords, your identity and credit uh, theft monitoring. Uh, if you've got data brokers that have your information that are selling it to robocallers, spammers, junk mailers, they can opt you out of those uh, on your behalf automatically. And that happened with me and happened with Sam and Zach and Andrew, our national sales guy, is that we signed up with Aura and now we get a lot less spam calls and robo calls are annoying as hell and Aura can get rid of them. I also get less junk email lists uh, that I didn't subscribe to in my inbox every day because Aura is helping me out opt out of those on my behalf automatically without me lifting a finger. And it's so easy to sign up with Aura. It takes all of like three minutes maximum to sign up with Aura and do this with our link. That's Aura.com slash ATOZ for a two-week free trial. I got rid of data brokers in like six days. So a two-week free trial is a great opportunity with Aura.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. You can download the BetMGM app and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports to get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. If you listened to me yesterday and you bet on my guy, Luis Robert, in the Home Run Derby, he put on a show in that first round. Now, if you bet on him to win the Derby, you, you lost. But you got your money back if you used BetMGM in the bonus code ATOZ Sports. But there's an all-star game tonight, so maybe sprinkle a little bit on there. If you don't have BetMGM, get BetMGM, sign up with that bonus code, and you can't lose. You're getting that money back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet loses. That's the best way to do it right here. Uh, I will be getting some action on the Major League Baseball all-star game. You should, too. Uh, BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app, the king of sportsbooks. All right, Sam. So now I've got the third way the Titans can have a successful season in 2023. And that is simply finding the answer of who is the quarterback of the future. It's, and that could be any different answer, but I think what we kind of talked about with a top five draft pick is regardless of what happens in 2023, the Tennessee Titans need to know who is their starting quarterback going into 2024 and feel fairly confident in who that player is. It could be Ryan Tannehill. It could be Will Levis. It could be Malik Willis. I don't care. It could be a top two draft pick in Caleb Williams or Drake may, but they need to end the 2023 campaign knowing who they're planning to ride with in 2024. If they don't know that answer, then I think they left that some out there, uh, in, in 2023 and had some unfinished business in the 2023 season. What do you think about that one? I'm on board with this one. I agree with this one. I, I mean, I think you can be not successful uh, in your win and loss record while feeling better about your future. Direction is a, a word that I like to use for this team and what they need to find in 2023. I think they really need to find their direction, understand what they are, what their pieces are, and then move forward building around those pieces. I mentioned, I keep mentioning the money that the Titans should have available to them in free agency next offseason. Well, what you do with that money matters, and having some intention mm-hmm. in spending money in free agency matters. So, and as we know, the National Football League revolves around the quarterback position. Having your quarterback figured out, knowing what you are at quarterback is essential to really making all the other cogs in the wheel turn. 
So if the Titans are bad in 2023, but it, you know, Ryan Tannehill goes down, Will Levis steps up and looks like a, a starting quarterback, like a good young quarterback, doesn't necessarily mean you win games, but it does mean that you have the answer at QB moving forward. If Malik Willis is the guy that steps up and wins games for the Titans or just plays really well for the Titans, you can then proceed building around Malik. And if neither one of them do it, then you know you need a new one to replace Ryan Tannehill, and you can address that in the draft. But uh, I do think this is an essential part of the 2023 season is figuring out what you are in 2024 and beyond. Because as we mentioned, like we're at the end of an era, the Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans era of football is coming to an end. And you're going to need to latch onto a new identity and find your new guy sooner rather than later. If you don't want to spend some years middling without real hope or direction. Yeah. Um, all of that, right. It, the, the Titans have to either figure out from Will Levis or Malik Willis, which guy they, they like more uh, moving into 24. Uh, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be back. Roger asked this question says, so if Tannehill balls out, and the Titans go to the playoffs, then what? Resign a one-year or two-year deal, turn it over to a young guy uh, who hasn't played because Tanny played well. And I think that's kind of the rock and a hard place the Titans could absolutely find themselves in yeah. is if Tannehill does have a really good year, what then? And, and I don't want to spoil a, a whole other topic and conversation that we can have later on as we approach training camp and get into training camp, but, you know, it, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Ryan Tannehill to earn a, a new contract from the Tennessee Titans to be back after this year, regardless of how well he plays. I do think, and I, and I know Sam, you agree with this. Yeah. There is some good in clean breaks, right? It's he, his contract is up. You got a couple void years on the end of it to spread out the money, but no big deal but it's a clean break. He can move on and then you can have an opportunity to reset. I know you kind of line into that too. Yeah, I think it'll be difficult. And I really think if you are between a rock and a hard place, like you said, it, that question comes down to the rest of your roster um, and how prepared to win you believe the rest of your roster is. Like I, I can see the argument for bringing Tannehill back on a one-year deal if it's affordable and if you really feel like you have enough horses to make that jump to Super Bowl contender next season. It, it really comes down to how the season shakes out and how you get to that spot, um, how many holes you feel like you have, and how, how prepared the team around him is. Uh, I think you have to be great around Ryan Tannehill in order to justify bringing him back. So uh, it's not really something you can answer ahead of the season, like uh, what if they're in this scenario, because I do think – how it plays out, what players perform and what players don't perform would impact uh, like the view of the, the team moving forward. So Yeah, and, and Dadson says the cost of Tannehill is more of an issue. And Which then here's another – I mean, Ryan Tannehill plays really well and gets you to the playoffs. Uh, he's a free agent that's going to want a lot of money again. So, like, his cap hit's not going to go down, even if it's just on a one-year deal. Like – He's going to be pretty expensive. Yeah, and Dadson's nailed it. If he plays well, then that price tag is no longer twenty-seven million dollars and a 30, 36 million dollar cap. It that's it might forty-five. Be, it might be thirty. It might be thirty-five. It might be four. Like it depends how well he plays, right? But yeah, like you are talking about free agent money, which we know and we've talked about on the show before. You have to overspend in free agency you have to overpay in free agency to get a player especially at quarterback especially a quarterback with recent history of success and playoff appearances so you know that's what you're looking at for ryan Tannehill, and you have to keep that in mind as well yeah and then david says you cannot figure out the 2024 quarterback position with Tannehill on the 2023 roster i mean i think you, it, it is and, and again like i i really like that comment david um, cause that we can do that on another day. We've already talked about the Titans pivot point this season on where they might be at, at a win loss situation to make that, uh, a better deal, right? Like here's the schedule 
it's honestly week 11. It's where are the Titans at after week 11? If they lose to the Jags in Jacksonville after a couple weeks after their bye week right there, then if they're out of the playoff hunt, you got a chance to figure out Malik or Will Levis um, and, and move Tannehill to the bench. But I, I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to quit on a season because uh, he didn't quit on last season when he had a lot of opportunities to. Yeah. Because Josh Dobbs is out there trying to play for a, a playoff berth. Yeah, it depends how Jacksonville does. Like, yeah. I mean, you, part of the reason Mike Vrabel couldn't quit last season was because you were a win away from the playoffs. And, you know, any head coach is going to, uh, you know, keep the pedal to the metal and try and win that game and win that division. But, you know, if you are after week 11 and you are uh, not great, then the Jaguars are running away with the South and the playoffs are no longer a realistic end goal then how do you pivot? So, I mean, it does matter where you're at in the division as well, but um, that's an interesting, interesting idea. Like, can, can you figure out the, the 2024 QB situation while simultaneously starting Ryan Tannehill in 2023? Yeah, interesting not, dynamic. Not easy. Hey, uh, these are the, my three ways the Titans can have success in 2023. They could, all happen in different ways, right? When the AFC South top five draft pick and quarterback of the future is answer right there. So Sam, maybe uh, an article is in store for, for you later today, kind of diagnosing in your own thoughts on my opinion of three ways the Titans can have success, but it is time for Tuesday sports trivia here on the show. You've got five questions for us. We're going to try to do our best to answer them. Uh, all, but first, I'll tell you guys about Krebs Kubota. They are Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider uh, with all types of equipment that they have there at the three locations uh, in Murfreesboro, Franklin, and in Columbia. An elite Kubota dealer, which means Krebs Kubota has access to the best equipment in the industry with the Kubota brand. Also, have perks when it comes to warranties and service and part situations. And then the Krebs name, that is where customer satisfaction really comes into play to help you out. If you have to uh, do any type of project or have any application around your property, big or small, Krebs Kubota is there to help you find the right piece of equipment, the right implementations to get that uh, project taken care of, to do it safely, to do it cost effectively, and to not just have things that you don't need. So Krebs Kubota, check them out right there. Once again, an elite Kubota dealer with three locations across the mid-state in Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro online at KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. Place your first wager with that bonus code, and even if it loses, you get your money back in the form of a bonus bet up to $1,000. You can make every game and every play mean so much more. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Presented by Wilson County Hyundai. Check out Wilson County Hyundai in Lebanon for your new ride or go see our friend there also at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. So, Sam, you've got Tuesday sports trivia questions. Uh, you are the trivia master today, so it's me in the chat versus you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to try, I think we're going to do a countdown today. I think okay. I'm going to, I think I'm going to try and do a firm, what's a fair number? For uh, you know, a timed question here. Do we have multiple choice answer options? One of them is multiple choice. All right. So, um, hmm. I mean, a minute I think feels fair. If there's not a lot of multiple choice options, I think a minute is fair. All right. Well, and Brad asks, "Are you still planning to do an all trivia show?" Yes. Uh, Zach is traveling for business today, up uh, north of the border this week, and then. He'll be back next week, so uh, we'll next figure out. We'll it, yeah, we'll figure out a day next week for all that. All right, all right. so one minute, I guess. One minute. I'll, yes. I'll, no I'll... googling, everybody. It's me in the chat versus Sam. So let's get this thing rolling. All right, let me pull up my timer here so that I mm -hmm. got I got some sort of idea for. Okay, question one. We talked about 
the All-Star Game tonight, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. We also, on Sunday night, just had the Major League Baseball first-year player draft. So question one is, name the three MLB first overall draft picks that are on an All-Star team this season. Oh, God. There are three players on an all-star team this season that went first overall in the Major League Baseball draft. Who are they? Ah, uh, I mean, this is going to be all chat. Um, has your clock started yet? Yes. Okay, because I'm just I'll, I'll give it like an extra couple seconds here. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, I was going to be my only rule guess because um, I know he went first overall. Um, the LSU. Oh man. Acuna, Mike Trout, Shohei Atani. It was he a first overall pick? Again, I have no idea. Like, are you guys giving like confident answers? I didn't really uh didn't really know baseball was this uh that is a weak spot of mine, especially the baseball. Well, apparently there's a chat too. I mean, Andre's saying who even watches baseball? <clears throat> Like, uh, we're in the south. Uh, like Shohei Itani was was a free agent, so I'm gonna say uh, Dansby Swanson and Mike Trout are two. We've got 20 seconds. Was a little lenient on time for this one because yeah, we have multiple answers. So. Yeah, it's tough. Bryce Harper. Do we want to lock that in? Swanson, Trout, Harper. I, I that's fine. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. Final A to Z. Harper, Sw- uh, Dansby, and Trout. Well, uh, Bryce Harper was first overall. He's not on the All Star team this year. Oh, okay. uh, Mike Trout was 27th overall, I believe. He was way late. Uh, was a steal of the draft. So Dansby Swanson is one. Noah had all three of them. It is Garrett Cole and uh, Adley Rushman, the catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, went first overall, I believe, 2019, already an MLB All-Star. So Rushman, Cole, and uh, I don't remember the – Swanson. Yeah, Acuna, Otani, those are all international free agents. So they Mm. were not – 0-1, Oh and one, right? Wow. <laughs> I, this is, second question is not going to be good then if we're oh, staying away from baseball because uh, last night we had the home run derby. Yes. Okay. Juan Soto's 520 foot blast in 2022 is the longest tracked home run in the Statcast era, but in the 2002 derby, which player? is credited with hitting a 524-foot home run, the longest home run ever. In which derby? In the 2002 derby. 2002. That's Barry Bonds' era, but I don't think it was going to be him. Sammy Sosa was probably already out. Brad says Josh Hamilton. Prince Fielder is a good one. I don't think Bonds was hitting like we're getting a lot of Sosa answers. And I feel like by 2002, Mark McGuire was kind of on the back half of it. Oh, Pujols would be a good one. I mean, Sandy Sosa is getting a ton of answers here in the chat. Let's go Sammy Sosa, final A to Z. In 2002 at M- Milwaukee, Miller Park, it was oh. Sammy Sosa that hit a 524-foot home run. Okay. Yeah, that was still that was still prime steroid Sammy there. He was... I guess so, yeah. So, yeah. correct on question two. Okay, right. we were just talking all-star game. So this is a multiple-choice question. Which major four sports city has been around the longest without hosting an all-star game? Which major four sports city, that means they have one of the major four sports 
in their city has been around the longest without hosting an all-star game? A, Winnipeg. B, Buffalo. C, Indianapolis. D, Sacramento. Hmm. I think Indianapolis has had something. So Sacramento, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Winnipeg. The Sabres, that would be in like end of January. I think mm, I think Buffalo is a good guess. I'll, I'll go, let's go Buffalo because obviously the Pro Bowl is not there and the Sabres, that would be a terrible time to have the NHL All-Star Game in Buffalo. And they've been around for a bit. I'd say, I'd say Buffalo final A to Z. The correct answer is Winnipeg. Ah, Winnipeg, home of the Winnipeg Jets. I believe they've had a team since of some kind because they've had two different franchises there, but they've had a team since 1979 uh, and have not hosted an All Star game in Damn. Winnipeg. So that uh, was oh, the one and two. Um, number four, who is the only NBA all-star to also play in major league baseball? The only major league baseball in major league baseball in the major leagues, the only NBA all-star like not the double a, not the Birmingham Barons. The answer is not Michael Jordan. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... NBA all-star. Memorable NBA player, too. NBA champion. Multiple-time NBA champion. To play in the major leagues. Titans Cows is Danny Ainge. That feels like a... Dave Winfield. I think Danny Ainge feels like a really good answer here. That guy was a stud in, like, every sport. Yeah, Danny Ainge, final A to Z. The correct answer is Danny Ainge. Okay. Good job right. by the chat. Danny two Ainge. and two. Austin Celtics. Oh, just in time, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, non-sports related. Non-sports related. Yeah. Here we go. While he has yet to win a best director or even a best picture award, which alive and current film director has won the most Oscars of all time? It is a current director that has won the most Oscars, but has not won a best director or a best picture award. See if there's any film people out there. M. Night coming in from Orlando. Uh, I mean, this is, again, you went with baseball and film. That is two things I have no you idea. You gave me very limited time to come <clears throat> up with I went no, with it's, I know it's, best. Clint Eastwood is interesting. So most Oscars of all time could mean multiple roles. Like So Clint Eastwood's obviously old. Quentin Tarantino? I mean, I, I don't know. Like... There's so many. Man, I don't even know what to do. Scorsese, Spielberg. Clint Eastwood feels right. Because he's never won best director or best what? Or uh, best picture. Does that count as a director? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. To be honest. Let's go with Tarantino. Let's go Tarantino, Final Z. That is not the oh. correct answer. Uh, of those that have not won best picture or best, uh, best picture or best director, 
I was looking for Christopher Nolan mm. is the one who has not done it. Of the uh, well, uh, nobody in the these chat. Are some good, these are some good suggestions. It's just yeah. a lot of people who have done Spielberg's done the best picture. E- Eastwood, I'm not sure how many he has. Um, Man, that's brutal. That's tough. And it was a tough gauntlet today. Apparently, yeah, so we got two right. We got Sammy Sosa and Danny Ainge. Guys, just because I ask good, hard questions doesn't mean my questions suck. It just means you guys got to get them right. Yeah, I think not having multiple choice answers is tough. Multiple choice is too <laughs> easy, man. It's, uh... It just allows for deductive reasoning. But anyway, hey, tough uh, tough trivia bout here, but we'll, we'll be better next time. That's the goal. Maybe uh, we'll figure out when our full trivia show could happen. Uh, with Sam as trivia master going through what he's prepared uh, for us. And yeah, apparently Zach- not. Apparently I'm kicked off the trivia duty here. No, 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 no. All right. Well, Hey, uh, that's it for today's show. Make sure you give us a like, hit that thumbs up button that helps uh, us out on multiple platforms. And so there's always more people watching that have hit that like button. So if you thought Sam's answers or questions were too hard, hit the like button for us. That would be great. And then Buck rising. We'll be back li- live tonight. A to Z sports primetime. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning on a Wednesday. Appreciate it as always. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks.